So I've called this the big reveal, okay? The big reveal, which is happening on the earth right now in New Heart, Ballyclare. There's been a big reveal in the spirit realm, okay? Because what we're doing, it actually has power and significance. Um, Romans 8 verse 19. The, uh, the Passion Translation I'm just reading from here. The entire universe, right? So what does that say? Like galaxies, cosmos, things that are unseen, angels, cloud of witness are standing on tiptoe. They're on the edge of their seats for the big reveal. They're on the edge of their seats wanting to see this age and the people of God arise and shine on the earth and in Ireland. And they're on tiptoe yearning for the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Glorious sons and daughters. That is who you are. And they're on tiptoe waiting for this. Romans 8, right? One thing I wanted to really talk about today is we've had words over the years, and especially in the last year, about the sound of the land being released. And, you know, lots of people have come here and given that word, and we're all, we kind of talk about it a lot. And that's good because we're creating a framework for us to use our faith to access and walk through into the unseen. But what does it really mean? Let's not fake it. Let's actually try and understand what we're saying when we're saying there's going to be a sound that will bring breakthrough and healing to the earth, right? Romans 8 verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, okay? As in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan. Some of you have been groaning. Some of you can hear the sound of groaning in the spirit realm. That is the whole universe longing for the sons and glorious sons and daughters of God to be revealed, to be unveiled. This is so important. Why does the scripture say groaning? It's talking about a sound in the spirit realm. Okay? It's talking about a sound. God calls us to be manifest sons and daughters of God. And the word manifest means clear, plain, apparent, evident, distinct sons and daughters of God who stand out unmistakable you're unquestionably God it's undeniable that you are God's child you are visible you are recognizable you are noticeable God has our attention and we have his laser focus but it goes both ways God's heart is as much fixed on you. His eyes are as much fixed on you as your eyes are fixed on him. And it's his fixation on you that actually draws you in to having that with him. You don't come there in your own strength or in your own desire. His burning desire for you 
When, when light is focused, it causes laser beams. His laser beam burning focus on you draws you into that presence and causes a transformation or a transfiguration. So when we talk about groaning, what are we talking about, guys? So we're saying there's going to be a sound in Ireland. There's going to be a sound in Europe. There's going to be a sound in the UK that will change. Well, this groaning, is it actually talks about a deep, inarticulate sound. So it doesn't have words. It may not have meaning, but it has depth. It has power. And it changes atmospheres. And do you know what else it does? It heals the land. It heals our bodies. So do not let that... You know when we're going back to Jeremiah, the agenda of God was a fire shut up in my bones. It was a groaning for the agenda and the blueprint of God. And he responded to that with sound by giving it a voice. The earth has a voice. And it's groaning for, and for the sons of daughters to be unveiled. Where are they? Oh, they're crying out, where are they? And now God has commanded us to arise into the full potential to what we're called to do. Because now is the season where we're ripe for the harvest. Where we bring life and strength to the body. Does that make sense? So the sound is really important. Okay, let's talk a bit more about sound. What is sound? Sound is vibrations, okay, that travel through the air or another medium and can be heard when they reach a person or animal's ears. And it's the same in the spirit. And even in the spirit, the land hears the sound. Okay, the land can hear that sound. So when Rodney's singing More Fire, or, uh, he's written some of those songs. Like the land is going to respond because they're, going, they're being unveiled. They're being unveiled and we start to groan together and we become entangled into a sound that says, we have risen. Now is the time. So vibrations that travel through the air. Now, did you ever get like really touched by God? and wonder like he started shaking that's the sound of God's voice over you which is causing a vibration in your body and sometimes like to be honest that happens to me and I'm not even moving does anybody else get that where like you're not showing it but inside it's like this do you get that that's God's voice over you saying this is my beloved son Hey, that's his approval of you. So we're actually engaging in these vibrations of heaven and of the earth and within us. Okay, here's something really interesting, which I'm just going to leave out there for you to think about. Light travels faster than sound. We need the sound, but the light is actually more powerful than that sound. So the earth has been groaning. Let's get this. There's a sound being released in the spirit. But when we arise and shine, there's actually more power in that than there even is in the sound. But both work together. 
So in physics, sound is a vibration that typically comes across as an audible <coughs> wave in physics of pressure through a transmission medium such as gas, liquid or solid. In human physiology and psychology, sound is the reception of such waves and their perception by the brain. So this brings a whole new uh, understanding to the revelation of Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calls out to deep, groaning. With inarticulate sounds, deep crying out to your deep. Remember we said, it's his desire for you that called you there. His deep is calling out to our deep, right? In the roar of your waterfalls. Listen to this. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. The sound of your voice. I'm feeling the sound of your voice within my body, within the earth. Deep calls out to deep. So guys, we need to go deep into the word. Biblical theology, get this. This gives a whole new meaning. Sound in the Bible demands a response. So when we lift our voices, when we shout out, when we groan, whatever we do, it demands a response from heaven. Don't believe me. Let me show you in the Bible. Numbers 10, <coughs> verse 9, and I could list them here. When you go into battle in your own land against an enemy who's oppressing you, sound a blast on the trumpets. Then you will be remembered by the Lord. So where was God in the battle? God actually didn't show up till the sound was released. Get this. God didn't respond till the blast of that sound was released. And it's the same for us in the spirit. We release the sound and it demands a response from heaven. So what we're doing has significance. The sound of our voice, the sound of singing, the cry of a mother, the cry. You know, did you ever just get into the presence of God and you're just wailing, groaning, you're a mess. There's more power in that than any meeting that you could ever go to. I'm telling you, it's changing the earth. It's, it's causing the sons and daughters to be manifest. You might say, oh gosh, where are they? Or some, someone said to me earlier, I think some people are going to leave this meeting. I'm like, that's okay, it's not for them. But what we're doing is going to have an effect on them, whether they like it or not. <laughs> it's like, and it's not even hard. Right, uh, <laughs> Numbers 10, verse 10. Sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings. <laughs> where's, where, where's the chauffeur here? And there will be a memorial for you before the Lord. You know, when we... to that yeah. and loads of people have said have you heard this oh them chauffeurs so religious 
Do you know they've gone so far the other way that they find that religious? Listen, if, if whatever we do, if we do it by faith, it has power and authority and yes. religion cannot yeah. stick its, its filthy slime on it. Yes. When we walk by faith, when we operate from the seat of divine nature, from the heart, not from the head, everything changes. <laughs> but, <laughs> Joshua 6 verse 10, 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. Their voice demanded a response. And the sound of the trumpet went out. And when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So the vibrations that were being released in the spirit realm actually caused the walls to collapse. Do you think it was their own voice? Was it just their voice on its own? No, it was the voice in the spirit when they were on the mountain of transfiguration with God in the secret place by faith, believing that he is who he says he is. When they released that sound, it caused a shaking. But we will not be shaken. We'll vibrate like. (laughs) We may vibrate in the presence. But it's a different shaking. And when that shaking happens, when the sound's released, it causes people to want to come in to what we have, doesn't it? So all this like mystical talk about sound and about rising and shining, there's depth in what we're saying. There's power in what we believe. And here we're rising as mature sons to say, we want to know. We don't want to fake it, God. We want our eyes to be fully open. We want to walk by faith and access our inheritance. So we, we hear, we see, we sing, and we manifest, whether it's groaning, whether it's shouting, whatever it is, whether it's just a little, whatever it is that comes, let it out. Just let it out. Release that thing and don't be worried. Okay, so when, and another way that it works in the spirit is we can hear a voice and then see the person. So this is where we start to become intentional about our senses in the spirit. We need to start listening. We need to start looking in. Seek first the kingdom of God. Look into my plans. Look into my, my depths. Look into my heart. And all these things will be added to you. Okay? So we need to become really deliberate about this. When we hear a voice, you know, it says in, in Genesis, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Wow, what's that mean? Like, they heard the sound. They felt, now their senses were fully awakened and there was, you know, not, no veils on them. They felt the vibrations of God walking in the garden. They felt the waves come over them. They heard deep walking in the garden, calling out to their deep. Their deep? <laughs> their deep. <laughs> You know, there's, there's such meaning in this, such hidden in plain sight interpretation. So what we need to do is really believe what we're saying. Believe what we're saying. Right, I want to talk about being transfigured because I've said that quite a lot. 
Well, first I just say this about convergence. Okay, this is a word that a lot of people have used as well. What is a convergence? What are we talking about when we say there's been a divine convergence? It's when two or more things at a particular place and time come together. So that can even be when the land cries out and the sun's cried out, it demands a response that heaven hears and heaven participates in what we're doing to release the sound. I'm just using that as an example, right? So this should be the normal supernatural life for us. There should be divine convergences in our life all the time. We should live from that place of divine convergence. It's when two dimensions come together in one space to reveal, to manifest the glory of God. And seers live in that place of divine convergence. You live in that place of divine convergence because it's all about having your eyes on the spirit realm and having your physical eyes on the natural realm to see how they come together. Does that make sense? And, what, and to then release what God is saying or speaking through songs, prayers, prophetic words, whatever it is, actions. Moment by moment, divinely appointed situations where destiny meets reality and the invisible becomes visible. That's what convergence is. It's when heaven and earth come together. But people talk about that like it's a, it's a one-time experience, but actually it should be for us all-time experience. And do you know what? It can be. It all comes down to that focus. It all comes down to being fixated on him. To being just so obsessed by him that you become possessed by him. Do you get this? It's the giving of yourself over to his plans and over to his nature and over to his love till he actually consumes you. Do you get this? It's basic, but it's so important. That's what divine convergence is. It's not this, wow, like this amazing prophetic conference that just happens once a year with a big name. It's not that. It's who we are. We are the divine convergence on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So it's when our, wor our world is multidimensional. And we've talked about this. We've talked about faith. We've talked about the realms of God. We've built a bit of a foundation here and to bring understanding. When these alignments begin to occur, things around us shift. So it's important we pay attention to it. The little things. And create that framework for people to walk through. Let's pay attention to the convergences that are happening all around us. Okay, and let's share them with each other. Let's be deliberate. Build faith, build a framework. So if you were to use an example of someone in the Bible who walked in this stuff, a lot of people use Elijah and Elisha. I'm going to use someone even better. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was the ultimate seer. Jesus was, what he did is he demonstrated convergence in everyday life. When he looked at someone and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. When he opened blind eyes, when he loved people, he demonstrated convergence 
24-7. That's who he was. So I want to read a scripture, Matthew 17. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And his appearance changed dramatically in their presence. Biblical theology here. And his face shone with heavenly glory, clear and bright like the sun. And his clothing became as white as light. Right? Just stop there for a second. If you want to start really cultivating the seer ability that you have been born with, Scripture is the springboard for that. You don't need to use something totally out there, wacko. God has given us descriptions in Scripture that if we meditate on it, it, it's just so powerful. Think of this. And his appearance changed dramatically in their presence. So you can start to imagine and meditate this. His face shone, wow, with heavenly glory, clear and bright. And and by faith, I can see that now. I can see his face shining bright with glory. And what did we say? Look into the kingdom, Matthew 6, seek first, look into the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. So as we access by faith, we start to receive an increase till actually we become like Enoch. You know, Enoch took where the mind goes, the man follows to a whole new level. He was so fixated on God. He was so operating out of that realm that he just disappeared. He followed right through to the end. (laughs) But that's what is available for us. You know, so we can imagine this. And as we imagine it, as we have, because we have the mind of Christ, and we're operating from the divine nature that is within us and through Christ who is the medium, who is the doorway, we can be sure and safe and trust that what we're doing is okay. We don't need to be afraid. And all these things will be added to us. Right? And his clothing became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah turned up and appeared to them talking with Jesus. Here's a question. We're bilocational. We're in two places at one time. Right now, you're seated in heavenly places. Right now, you're there and you're here. Isn't that amazing? And it can go to other levels. But when we start to realize it, everything changes. So, who are you talking with right now in spirit? Let me just put that out there. Who are you speaking with? Who are you engaging with? Because when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, he was speaking with Moses and Elijah. Biblical theology here. And then Peter began to speak and said, Jesus, Lord, it is good and delightful that we are here. If you wish, I will put up three tents. One for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. People really criticize Peter, but I'd be the same. Like, let's stay here, God. <laughs> like, I don't want to go back down to them. I want to, let's put up tents and live here. Like, so let's not criticize Peter. Let's be honest, we'd be exactly the same. Let's have three tents and let's just stay here. Right? <laughs> Peter, Peter was, you know, just longing for that, what he is saying. He wanted more. 
and um, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But here it doesn't say, and Peter freaked out. And Peter was disturbed within him. It says Peter went, this is great. <laughs> this is who I am. This is who you are. He had already, he had faith, that man. And Jesus called him out by his faith. He believed in him, right? And while he was still speaking, so funny because God like didn't bother listening. He just spoke <laughs> over him. He just spoke over Peter and said, this is my beloved son. He overshadowed them with a bright cloud. His presence overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud. See the voice, the sound. Are we getting this? A voice came out of the cloud and said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased and delighted. Listen to him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their face. So they moved from knowing Jesus to experiencing an encounter to actually seeing his glory. His glory was revealed in such a powerful way to him. You know, because there's levels within this. There's levels of what was happening within Peter as a man. You know, wow, great, let's pitch tents. Then, you know, it, there was the level of falling down on his face because of the glory of God being revealed in that place at the time. So that's where it's at for us. And when Jesus came and touched them, get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. Right? It disappeared. The Hebrew word for transformed is metamorpho. And it literally means metamorphosis. Okay? And it means to transfigure or to change. And you could say, Tracy... I think you're taking it too far here. That's just talking about what happens, you know, with Peter and Jesus and all. Well, no, I'm not. Biblical theology, I keep repeating this. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns, to the frequencies, to the blueprints of this world, but be transformed, which is the Greek word for metamorphosis. Be transfigured. Wow. By the renewing of your mind, setting your face, being intentional, fixing your gaze on God so that your mind is renewed and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. You'll be able to walk in this just like Jesus did. Be transfigured. Be completely changed by fixing your mind and having it renewed. You have the mind of Christ. You know, it talks about being in the world, but not of it. Peter, 1 Peter 2.11 says, live as aliens and strangers. It's okay if we're the weirdos, basically. <laughs> Be okay with that, because it's going to become even more like that as days go on. But we're rising and shining. We're being transfigured. <laughs> to the point where we don't even know ourselves biblical theology right so here's the thing most people are what we've done before the old wineskin was to live for the mountain okay 
The old wineskin was to live for the mountain, live for the encounter, live for the next thing, live for the next teaching, the next practice, the next protocol. But you know what Jesus did? And mature sons of God, he lived from the mountain. He lived from the mountain of transfiguration. I'm going to get into what more of this means. He lifted the veil. The sons of God lift their veils in God's presence. And they live from the mountain. And if you read here, so we're using Jesus as the typical and the absolute best example for us as mature sons. Straight away, when he came down from the mountain, Morag, I give you a word about this when, about 10 years ago. Do you know what happened? I didn't know this at the time. He approached a crowd and a man came up to Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and suffers terribly. And he often falls into the fire. And I brought him to your disciples, but they weren't able to heal him. And Jesus healed him and cast the demon out of him. So we have to live from the Mount of Transfiguration. We live from the presence of God. Let me tell you, when people, for years we've heard teachings and read books about the secret place. The secret place is the place of transfiguration in your life. Do you know that? When you shut the door, or like right now I'm standing here, but I'm in the secret place. I'm bilocational. You're here, but you're in the secret place. You're hidden in Christ, but you're revealed and manifested on the earth. And there's a sound and a vibration and a wave being released as we gather together with groanings that cannot be uttered. So the secret place is not about doing your devotions or reading your Bible. Those things are great and we need them. It's about being in the presence of God 24-7 and arising and shining from that place. Do you get this? It's standing in the presence and it's the revelation of Jesus. So then we're taking the whole prophetic thing to a whole other level here as mature sons. So prophecy is the revelation of Jesus. So prophecy, if, if we're in the presence of God, if the secret place is about being transfigured and transformed and being renewed in your mind... The revelation of Jesus Christ isn't just a word. It's something that you carry in your body with you 24-7. It's not the next prophetic word. Do you get this? It's who you are. And this translates into real life. So when Jesus came down from that place, but he was still there in God's presence, he healed a child that the, the other disciples couldn't do. They couldn't cast the demon out of this boy. But Jesus lived with such power and authority in the presence of God that he said, you have little faith. So faith is about sight. You have little sight. You couldn't cast the demon out of this child. Jesus did it instantly. Mature sons arise and shining. Okay. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just keep looking at you, Debbie, because you're nodding away to me. <laughs> um, so, yes, the mountain. And the mountains, so I'm using the mountain as like a place for you to, to think about. You know, 
It's, so if you look at Jesus's life, he often talks about how he went to the mountain to pray. We can have that spiritual mountain, a place where we go up to. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Physically. So we bring, our spirits are there, but we go into the secret place and we bring our minds to that place. So then we begin to see. And then we bring that back with us down and we start to really bring change in an easy, easy way. Right? So the mountains and hills are mentioned more than 500 times in scripture. And God often reveals himself on the mountaintop. So I'm encouraging you to see the secret place as not a duty, but as your mountain where you are transfigured and you're, you start to reveal the inner glory of Christ, which is locked up on the inside of you. Yeah? You go to your mountain, your spiritual high place. Luke 4, 5, then he led Jesus, Satan led Jesus up to a high mountain. Get this. And displayed before him all the kingdoms. Because on the high mountain they could see. So do you think these kingdoms were physical? They were spiritual. So really what I'm trying to show you is the whole revelation about the mountain. We don't fully get it, but we know it exists. And we know we access that in the secret place. And we know that God has given the Bible to us as an infallible word, but also as a pattern and a blueprint for what we can live out in our lives. Okay? Um, Revelation 21.10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a vast and lofty mountain. A place where you can see. A high place. And he showed me the city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. So your secret place isn't a devotional thing. It's a 24-7. Let's pitch a few tents and stay here. But the thing is, we can't. We have to bring that transfiguration and transformation back down the mountain. But remember that you're bilocational, so you're still there in the spirit and this is where we're going to see people with power and authority I know the likes of Heidi Baker and people who have you know been forerunners and Patrick in this stuff you know they maybe didn't articulate it like this but this is what they were living from they knew an intimacy with Christ that when they went out and Heidi still when they go out to do stuff the inner glory of Christ is what's operating it's not Heidi Baker do you get this? Yes. It's the inner glory. So we want more and more of that, you know, revelation of it. Yeah? We want to feast on this. Wow. You know, and it also says he took them away by themselves. So it is really important that we do that. That we have that time with Christ alone by ourselves. And I, remember, I know it's definitely a word for us. It's not, I don't want to use that whole thing. Oh, you have to do your, your devotionals and all. We're getting away from that. We're, we're talking about being in the presence. But I, I was praying a few weeks ago. And 
I was articulating sounds that didn't make sense. And I started, and I was vibrating like the waves of God were coming over me. And I started saying this word, Adalum, out of nowhere, like repeating it, Adalum, Adalum. It was actually frightening. The, 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 <laughs> it was frightening me, like, because it was coming like a deep, like another voice, Adalum, right? I was crying it out. And I knew it was a real word. So I looked it up and it's actually Arabic. And it means turn aside. Come up to the mountain. Come on. Up to Zion. Turn aside. So how easy is this? I want to show you that this is not hard. If, we, if, if God is saying the secret place, the mountain, the transfer, transfiguration is all about turning aside, it's about just putting your spiritual eyes and physical eyes on God. It's just about looking the other way. It's about looking into the kingdom. Turn aside. Where are your eyes fixed right now? Yes, so we do have things we need to deal with and we do get fixed on stuff. But the voice of God comes like waves over us and deep cries out to our deep saying, turn aside, look into me, look at me. So it's time for us to start to learn how to turn aside, how to engage the Adonim of God in our lives and to be transfigured on that mountain. Moses, you know, uh, Theology shows us that Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets. But I felt for God that for us right now, if we're thinking about being transfigured and we're looking at this, Moses represents face-to-face encounters with God. That's what he lived from. To the point where he scared people. Right? Listen to this. Moses represents face-to-face encounters with God. Okay. 2 Corinthians 3. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. It's time for the people of God to be bold with this. It's time for a holy boldness. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing. Moses had face-to-face encounters with God that were so profound, he had to hide his actual physical face from them because it would frighten them too much. But we are those with unveiled faces where we arise and shine in full maturity and say, look into me. So we look for life in them and they find the giver of that life within us shining bright. That's what new covenant is about. That's what Jesus is all about shining through us. Do you get this? So we lift that veil and there's many different veils. That's a whole other teaching, uh, you know, but we want to break off any veil that might cause us to to not shine with the glory of God. We want the inner glory of Christ to be revealed to people everywhere we go. Right? But their minds were made dull for to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ it is taken away, right? Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. We're getting insight here. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. 
okay? Face-to-face -face encounters where we are in so profoundly on the mountain of transfiguration, where we become transfigured like Moses did, like Jesus did, that we release that here on earth, okay? Like, it's almost like you've, have you, this has happened to all of you. Have you ever been around people and they just say, I find you really weird, but you're, you're intoxicating, or you're very intriguing, but you're, I, don't, I just don't really get you. No, I get that all the time. <laughs> Especially from mums in the school. <laughs> But they're like, yeah, you're, you're intoxicating and you're intriguing and there's something mystical about you. That's because I'm unveiled and they're seeing something in us yes. that's making them want to come back yes. for more, yes. even though you're slightly frightening. Yes. Do you get that? Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So now verse 18, and we all who would unveil faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed, transfigured into his image with ever increasing glory. So the glory that's being revealed in us is not just going to stop there. It's going to go up. It's going to get higher. It's going to build. The glory increases in our lives, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Second Corinthians 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded. So here we're talking about seeing again. These people are spiritually blind. But when the veil is lifted on us, their veils start to fall off. That's what the scripture is telling us. And the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ shines out in the darkness to the knowledge and revelation of Jesus Christ being revealed to them. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to show us that all of the talk, all of the language has purpose and has meaning and has depth. And this is who we are. This is what, when we talk about Ecclesia rising, the church, the Greek word for church is Ecclesia. It's not just wacko talk. You know, that sounds really exciting or this is different. This is new. No, it's actually, you know, talking about responsibility maturing it's talking about governmental authority the government is on his shoulders he's the head we're the body his government his rule his reign his kingdom his blueprint his agenda is going to be orchestrated and established through us Hallelujah. <laughs> thanks mary <clears throat> so yeah i hope that makes sense um Right, what we're going to do now, um, Rodney, if you'd, if you, is Rodney here? Hey. Woo! <laughs> if you just, would you mind playing? What time is it? Okay. So for the next few minutes, what I want to do is really activate this in our lives. So if you all want to stand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Jesus. 
Wow. I'm just going to pray here. And you can just agree with me in your hearts. God, we, we repent. We repent from faking this stuff, Lord. Amen. Trying to prove ourselves. Amen. Trying to show something to the world that wasn't real. Amen. And God, if you have put a sleep over us because we have acted like this, we ask now that you would just break that. Break that off of us. Lift those bales from us, God, because we don't want to fake it, God, any longer. Thank you, Jesus. We want to believe. We want to access this and we want to release this. We want to arise and shine. We want to see. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened right now, God. Even more added to us as we look in to your kingdom as we look within and around add it to us that our hearts would be enlightened in order that we would know the hope to which we are called the riches of your glorious inheritance to us and that they might know it too God thank you Jesus So as Rodney um, plays, what we're going to do is if you want to receive more an impartation of this, we're going to pray up here. But what I want you to do is you don't need to come up here because you have it. So if you're not receiving, I want you to be given to other people. Speak what you see over them. Sing what you see over them. Impart this to others all around you. So let's actually do this. Thank you, God.